Guys, don't say anything to Timothy. Because what we're doing tonight for his birthday is a big surprise. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. I like throwing surprise parties. I think it's super fun to show somebody just in a big instant, look, all of us think you're amazing. And I love that moment. We planned a surprise party for Tim, but it didn't quite go exactly as planned. You see, I'd seen a, a poster that was up around our town advertising the Harlem Globetrotters. Now, you might not know who the Harlem Globetrotters are and just, you know, hey, throw no shade if you don't. What it was is the Harlem Globetrotters and it is, it's a basketball team. It's an exhibition basketball team. I looked up a definition for you and here's the one that came up. The Harlem Globetrotters combine athleticism, theater, and comedy in their style of play right? Athleticism, theater, and comedy. You can Google them to see what they do if you're interested. Over the years, they played more than 26,000 exhibition games in 124 different countries. The mascot is a globe named Globy. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Whatever, Globy. Okay. They, uh, they originated on the south side of Chicago in the 1920s. That's where all the original players were raised, in the south side of Chicago. They started out, and their name was the Savoy Big Five, which was one of the big attractions of the Savoy Ballroom, which had opened in January in the late 20s. It was a basketball team of African-American players that played exhibitions before dances because there was declining dance attendance. And in order to boost the dance attendance, they started having these guys play and people would be drawn in because of that. In 1928, however, there were several players that left the team in some dispute. I looked up for a little bit, but didn't want to spend a lot of time researching that. Suffice it to say, there was a dispute and some left in the fall. Those players, it was led by a guy named Tommy Brookins, they formed a team called the Globe Trotters, and they toured around Southern Illinois. There's a man named Abe Saperstein, or Saperstein, I'm not sure. He became involved with the team. He was the manager. He was the promoter. And by 1929, so one year later, Saperstein was touring Illinois and Iowa with his basketball team, renamed now the New York Harlem Globetrotters. They chose the name Harlem, New York, New York as their home city since Harlem was considered the center of African-American culture at that time and an out-of-town name for the team would give the team kind of more of a mystique. It was fact, though, that the Globetrotters didn't even play in Harlem until four decades after the team had formed. Throughout their history, they have traveled often. They've broken down cultural and societal barriers and often provided fans with their first ever basketball experience. They've been inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. They've entertained 
popes and kings and queens and presidents. And can I interject our family <laughs> over more than eight decades? So they've, they've been around for quite a while. So needless to say, when I saw the poster on the wall highlighting the fact that they were going to be in a town that was roughly a half an hour from where we were living on exactly Timothy's birthday, I thought, how can this not be the best idea ever? I thought, we'll drive down there. We'll get some friends together to go with us. So my husband and I, our four kids, and the couple that had moved to town that our kids just loved, Steve and Jen, they were going to go with us. We piled all of us into our Suburban. Tim asked what we were doing. We're like, we're not going to tell you. It's a great big surprise. We drove down closer to where the team was going to be performing and ate at uh, Quiznos. I remember that because <laughs> Tim loved Quiznos. So there we were, ordering our food, eating our chips, getting ready, killing some time. Until we piled back into the Suburban and drove toward the arena where the um, team would be playing. It was on a college campus in southern Minnesota. As we're driving around the corner, we see the big team bus. Harlem Globetrotters with red, white, and blue all along the side. We're like, ah, somebody covered Tim's eyes. So he had to look the other way. We parked. As we walked in, we saw the bus again. We had to hide his eyes. We were walking in. And then finally we got in line. We're going to line up. We had our tickets. We're going to line up and then just kind of file into the auditorium. And right before we were going to go in, we saw a sign that was kind of posted on the wall. and thought, well, maybe this would be a good time to let him know. So we placed him right in front of the sign. We all gathered around him and we're like, okay, on the count of three, Tim, you can open your eyes and see what we're doing today. So it was like one, two. Three, open your eyes. And he took his hands off from covering his eyes and he stared at this poster. Yep, that quiet. Yep, that long. He stared at the poster and he said, Harlem Globe Trotters. And he wasn't excited. We're like, Tim, it's the Harlem Globe Trotters. Now, what I didn't understand was I had chosen a gift for him that he couldn't appreciate because he didn't even know what it was. He didn't even recognize it. <laughs> we were all a little bit disappointed, kind of a little nonplus, kind of like the air going out of your sails. The wind coming out of your, of your balloon is just like, just. So then we started to explain, oh, you're going to love it. And I oversold it. It's the best. It's going to be so exciting. They dribble. They spin the ball more than one on their hand at a time. You can't even believe that you get to go here. Sometimes they play in big arenas. They've gone all over the world. Globe trotters. And we get to be here this close. And afterwards, you get to have some of them even sign your basketball if you want. This is going to be amazing. And because Tim trusted me, he said, okay, and smiled. And we all filed in. I looked at my husband and went, oh, my goodness. We could have saved ourselves so much grief. He could have seen the bus. He could have seen the posters around town. He could have done whatever and had no idea still what we had planned for his birthday. Here's the deal. 
Sometimes that happens with us. James tells us that the Father is the giver of all good gifts. He gives us all good gifts. And sometimes when they're right before our eyes, we don't recognize them. We stop and we stare. And we look and we wonder. And we think, what is this? Is this something I'm excited about? Is this something that I wanted? Is this a big surprise? What is this? Now, if God is good, and he's the giver of all good gifts to us, the question marks aren't to God saying, God, is this good? But the question mark goes to ourselves saying, how is this going to be good in my life? We know that God works all things for good, doesn't he? We know that. Those who love God, those who are called according to his purposes, are blessed by the good things that God gives us. So what is that good? Does it mean, oh, so we're going to all be happy because God works out things for good? No. Later on, it goes on to say it's becoming more like Christ, which is the good that is at work within us. We might look at a gift that God gives us. We might not recognize it as a gift. We might be standing there going, financial difficulties, like we're reading the Harlem Globetrotters. We might look at a gift and say, huh, physical ailment. We might look at a gift and say, whatever, you fill in that blank. And while we might not see it as good, God intends for it to be good in our lives because each thing that happens to us can cause us to grow deeper in relationship with him and can cause us to give him glory in the meantime. We've just finished the Thanksgiving season where we pause and we thank God for all the things that he's done for us. And we're turning around and we're going to be looking at Christmas. And I'm excited for the next three podcasts that we're going to share talking specifically about Christmas and what does this mean. We're going to be shopping. Black Friday's come and gone. This is Cyber Monday, the day that this is being released. We're buying things for people. We're choosing gifts. And we, even though we try and we love those that are around us, even though we try to give a good gift, Scripture tells us that even a father who tries to give a good gift and gives their child what they think they want, how much more can we trust that God can give us a good gift? You might give somebody a gift, they open it up, and they're like, oh, what is this even for? I had that once. Somebody had bought me a gift. They could hardly wait to give it to me. People were opening gifts around the, around the circle. It was finally my turn. And this person said, okay, everybody stop. Everybody wait. Everybody look at Kirsten as she opens this. It was a friend of mine. So I'm sitting there around other friends and everybody's staring at me and I open it up and there wasn't one part of me that was could even pretend that this was the most exciting thing that I'd ever seen. And I'm pretty exuberant in general and I'm pretty optimistic always. And I looked at that and I'm like, wow, 
that is something else. Where on earth, where did you even find such a amazing, unique thing? And she went on and explained to this season, we're going to be sharing gifts. People might open something from you and they might not really understand what your intention was, which is sometimes a big bummer and you feel real bad about that. You feel like, oh man, I thought for sure they loved this. That's, that's not my point. We're not going to get to there for a second. But here's what I would like to suggest, that as God gives us gifts, there is that time when we have pause for thought and we think, I'm not sure if I really love this. But God, as the giver of good gifts, invites us to trust that he knows what's best at all times and in every way. God is gracious to us. That's a gift. He extends us his grace. God blesses us. God makes his face shine on us. What does that mean? He makes his face shine on us. He turns toward us and he does this. He draws near to us because he is the one who paid the penalty for our sin and invites us to be in relationship with him. That's God extending his grace. That's God turning his face towards us. I want to read a Psalm, Psalm 67, talking about ways that we praise God. And I want to invite us as we walk through the season between Thanksgiving, leading up to what we are so most thankful for, the fact that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, as I'm quoting um, Philippians 2 here. Jesus, though he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, he emptied himself. And he came to earth as fully man, fully God, and fully man and walk to this earth. We're about to celebrate this, which is the most remarkable miracle because he came with a plan. He came on purpose. He came on a mission. Jesus came to walk this earth perfectly so he could offer himself as the perfect sacrifice for our sin. He came on mission and he came on a plan. And so as we're in the between this time of Thanksgiving and moving toward this time of Christmas, we want to pause and we want to stop and we want to give God the praise that is due him. And I want to read for you Psalm 67, where it says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us. Why? So that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Do you hear what the psalmist is doing? He switches his tenses here. He's talking. He's like, may God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us. And then all of a sudden he turns and he directs his praise directly to God, which is a natural outflow from what he said. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Whose way? God's way. Let your way be known on earth as you bless us. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy, for you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. <laughs> Do you get kind of the point of those few verses? How many times does he say it? 
Let the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy. For you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. And I want to invite us, let us praise God. Let all of us praise God because he judges people with fairness. Not what we deserve, but what he has chosen. And what he chooses is good and it's right. Verses 6 and 7, the last two in Psalm 67 say this. The earth has produced its harvest. We just came off of Thanksgiving. The earth has produced its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth will fear him. God blesses us to show us who he is. God blesses us to communicate with us and to us who he is and what he's like. And he is a good God and he is a good father. And we can pause. And though we may not recognize the gifts he's given to us right now, though we may not be able to identify them, though we might be standing going, Harlem Globetrotters. We can walk away on the other side, just like our son Timothy did saying, this was so awesome. I love this. This was so great. And he realized, I do like the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> and we can realize the same. As we walk in God's presence and receive the gifts given to us as he intends for us to receive them. 